Welcome to the Love Life Legacy Podcast. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Eva Singleton. Check this out. Something that we want you guys to know is that with this podcast, we desire to share our love, life, life and, and legacy. legacy with the hopes that it inspires, compels, and challenges others. We're all about growth and leveling up. Right. And with this podcast, that is what we mean to do. Now, something that we want everyone to understand is that with this podcast, it is based on our opinions, framed from our life's experiences and perspectives. This is not to say that we're right and you're wrong. This is merely to challenge and elevate our lives, your life, and the conversations that surround the topics that we speak on. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Love Life Legacy Podcast. Love Life Legacy Podcast. Love Life Legacy Podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Hey! Let's do it again, y'all. And then Megan just came on. Here's the song. It's a podcast. Hey! Turn up a little bit. Turn up. So, if you could share this video, that'll be great. Um, if you could go to our YouTube channel, Love Life Legacy Podcast. Subscribe. Yes. Hit the bell so you can get notifications. Um, I upload the videos every week um, on there, as well as. Um, the conversations that are not seen, uh, cause we do record other times, um, cause the live is the live and after the live, you know, it gets pulled down, edited, chopped up and put back out there. So yes. if you could subscribe, hit that bell, share, mm -hmm. um, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes, we get a lot of love on Facebook, but we're trying to drive more and more traffic to YouTube. But I mean, in time, it's okay. In time. I'm looking at your phone. Oh, no, he said share. Thank you. Thanks, brother. He said, oh, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Real Talk with Rajon. Yes. Um, great conversation again on Toxic it? or Nah. Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate again, brother, everything you're doing. I appreciate your platform. And as much as we can hold each other up and uh, and, and support and push uh, what we have going on, that's exactly what we're going to do. So, Real Talk with Rajon, live interviews. If you haven't checked them out, you can follow him on Facebook. You can follow him on Instagram. He also has a YouTube page. He has Twitter. You will not be disappointed. So, Facts. boom. Plug right there. So, we have a real good conversation, y'all. Real good. Real good conversation. Eva is over here having a panic attack. Because My heart. her, this is going to be... Uh, a very uh, woman-driven, Eva-driven conversation. It's not. It's going to be a mixture. Yeah. Um, so, last conversation, if you actually had tuned in to what we were talking about, you know, um, we talked about Will and Jada and what was going on with August Alcina because that was a headliner. But the main topic of the conversation is that can a relationship or marriage survive infidelity? And in that conversation, we talked about our experiences that we went through um, on my bad decisions to step out of the marriage. Uh, and it was very, very uh, important for me to have that conversation. One, because I believe in the power of uh, accountability. Um, and I don't I don't feel like you can't heal what's not revealed. And I know that we've done the revealing in this house um, and the work in this house. But, you know, we we don't try to run our conversations or we don't try to run 
um, any advice that we give on pretense. We try to live through the lens of transparency and authenticity. And um, I don't I don't want it to be said that you guys just try to appear too perfect. Well, we're not perfect. We've made bad decisions and we've done stupid things in our relationship and in our personal lives. And it was important for us to share that that, that part uh, uh, of our relationship being that it's such a a big topic when it comes to relationships and monogamous couples and especially in marriages. You know, we have statistics that we found and, you know, it says that according to the reported cases that men are 20 percent likely higher to cheat than women are, you know, in marriages and y'all are at 30 and women are at 13 percent Well, those numbers aren't there for any reason. You know, of course, there are, in my opinion, it's a lot higher because those are only the reported cases, but it's a real thing. You know, so how do you you deal with that issue? Because it's a real topic. Right. Uh, You know, a lot of times, you know, we can move on emotion and, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to come back from. And that's a deal breaker for some people. And then you have other times we have cases like us where we knew exactly that we wanted this relationship. We wanted this marriage. um, And it was my infidelity and my stupid decision that that broke. I'm not going to say it broke the trust and it put a wedge and the progression of what we had going on and building a legacy together, um, you know, but we knew at the end of the day that we still chose each other and that we wanted the marriage. So how do you move past that? How how do you you get past that as a woman? Because, you know, that's why I said that she's going to she's going to be leading this. Uh, hence the topic of, or the title. He cheated. Now what? You know, do do you just stay in anger? Do you stay in rage? Do you leave? Do you not leave? Do you give him space? Do you key his car? Do you <laughs> bust his windows? Do you, <laughs> All the above. you know, what is like you, you it's but it's much it's needed conversations because it's real life. And as much as we like to prepare and plan for certain things um, in our relationships and in our personal lives. I always say that you have to be prepared for the what ifs because what ifs are a part of life and what can go wrong sometimes will go wrong, you know, and we're framed from our decisions. So how how do you frame or continue to frame after this decision? You know, and that's something that we're going to hit on tonight. So. Babe, I hope I did a. Good you job with a little bit more to kicking add. it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just went. I can um, take it from here. Um, I just uh, wrote a comment to uh, Tajir, who is my beautiful niece, by the way. Um, she was one that had, Jonathan had put up a status so a little while ago asking, you know, are there any topics? And we wrote down all of the topics. Well, he wrote down all of the topics that you guys um, had shared. And um, one of hers uh, that she asked about was learning how to trust after being in an untrustworthy relationship. Right. And I just found that because we are on this, we are in this vein right now, that this was a good time um, to address that. Um, but before, hey, Mike. I missed some of the messages. Don't worry about Is it. Is he Elliot? <laughs> okay. Don't worry about it. So I feel like I am really nervous about this conversation. <laughs> I'm nervous because I feel like I'm going to go all over the place. Um, I have my notes to try to keep me from just rambling. Um, But um, I don't know. I don't know. I like kind of sometimes being 
put on spot with things. Like if somebody come up and ask me a question versus like preparing my mind to make sure I, I ask it correct. I mean, I answer things correctly. I don't know. So, But that's why I like to do our conversations off the cuff. I and know. you you're such a preparer. I know. Right. And I'm telling and I tell her, I say, babe, when you get in your pocket, you go. You know, some, you know, some, I get, I get the art of preparation. You know, I you know. have to be prepared, but sometimes the most authentic and realest conversations are, are made off the cuff. I just don't want to be misconstrued. And let me tell you what I'm struggling with here and what I struggled with, with even, you don't have to, I'm with you. you go. Oh, with even struggling with for, you know, he cheated, then what, you know, first thing I struggled with was what I wanted after the situation happened. I struggled on what am I going to be perceived as if I take him back. I struggled with, you know, am I diminishing my self-worth if I take him back? Um, what are the risks of him doing it again? You know, because, you know, it was second time. Even though in my mind it was it was not a second time because we got married so young, you know, that first one well, like was in the first year. We were 18 and 19. I mean, I didn't say that then. But being in my 30s now, I'm like, okay, that's nothing. But it was something at the moment. Right. But um, so here's what I wanted to do first. And the reason why I'm so touchy is because I do not at all want to be misconstrued that, number one, everything and anything goes. I do not believe that. Um, and I don't want to be misconstrued as um, being a doormat or um, not having a voice or I just I just don't want to be misconstrued. And I, I feel that. like sometimes that's the case because I dealt with it with people that are close to me who were uh, who saw me at my very worst during this process, who saw the raw, uncut, angry me and um and then they had, and then they saw me, you know, a few months or a year later, happy. Like, what happened to deranged Eva that was ready to, you know, the carry Eva? Yeah, that was ready to <laughs> to tear up the world. And when, and that's one thing you got to be careful about when sharing, you know, the things that you go through in your relationship with people, because once you forgive them, once I forgave, you know, other people, you know, weren't ready to forgive him, right? You know, because they cared about me and they saw me. You know, you know, not eating, not sleeping, you know, just saying things outside my head, me contemplating stepping out, me being having phone conversations and meeting up with other people and just me putting myself in compromising situations, me saying that I want to go, but then I can't. But at the end of the day, I had values, too, that I had to stand on. And also we did this marriage counseling thing for the past eight years at that point. Right. And I had a lot of conversations that I had to live up to because when I was on the good side of things and when I had even and and Jonathan, when we had couples come to us in the church, you know, confiding in us or whatever, I gave them great advice. But I also had to make sure that when I'm in the hot seat, can I take that advice, too? And that's where I found myself. And I remember telling one of my friends, I said, all of what you're saying sounds good because the person was, was giving me what it sounded like good advice, but it spoke against everything that I taught, 
everything that I lived for. And that person didn't necessarily know that side of me walking that type of journey. And so I had to be authentic to my teachings, my beliefs, my core values. And that person didn't necessarily understand how how could that be a core value? But I'm going to break that all down. Thank you for your patience as I, you know, tried to deal with that. So I like to say this first. I am an advocate for marriage, you know, and what I mean by that, I publicly support marriage. I recommend marriage. I, I, I'm an advocate for marriage, right? Uh, uh, between two, only I'm an advocate for marriage between two people that mutually agree to choose one another. Right. Right. So when me and Jonathan went through our phase and me not wanting him anymore, we weren't at a mutual place to choose one another at that point. Right. So my condition of marriage is between two people that mutually agree to choose each other. Right. I'm not an advocate for any kind of marriage. And what I mean by, you know, I'm not, I don't believe people should stay in marriage at all costs. You know, right. if you're in danger, if you're being abused, if just things ain't right, I'm not going to I'm not going to be like, you know, you sit and you wait it out. I'm not that type of advocate for marriage. I'm an advocate for two people in a healthy relationship or a relationship that could be healthy, not in danger. I feel like I got to give all these disclosures. Right. Because I don't want people to think that they should sit in situations. And I don't necessarily advocate people to, to endure what I went through. And I'm going to talk about that, too. Right. Um, and again, you know, building trust within a, mar- a relationship. OK. And um, I do not believe if you've been together a long time, you're considered married. I don't believe if you live together that you should be saying that you're married. I don't believe if you even share a child together, it doesn't mean you're married. And the reason why I say that is because I really believe in um, that marriage has to be legally binding. And the reason why I say that is because it takes away um, control, a a sense of a form of control. Uh, And the reason why I think that's important is because uh, we all get angry, we all get upset. And having that legally binding paper takes away some level of control and it can force reconciliation. And I think that's important when people are not being level-headed and when you experience certain things that you really could work out. It's like that paper could bring you back. And another reason why I like it is because because you don't have full control over your, you know, everything, because you have that legally binding paper, it it puts you either have to fight. And I think a fight is necessary when a marriage is going through something. You either have to fight to leave or fight to stay. But I think having that legally binding sheet of paper is necessary for the fight. So you, you no, that makes sense. So you're saying that that you know because we are going to act on our human instincts. Right. Yes. And uh, and a lot we're, of times when we're hurt or we're scared, we're angry. It's fight or flight. Yes. So that paper forces you yes. to deal with it instead right. of running like you normally do, yeah. which is a natural human instinct. Yes. Makes sense to me. Because we people, we're fickle. Right. And being with that we're fickle, you know, we can be dating a long time. You can just pack up and leave. Right. You know, and there's no obligation. There's no strict, there's no no restriction for you. You're right. just free to move about the country. But if you had that legally binding paper, there's some consequence. And, right. it, and it causes you to, 
you know, face each other. It makes sense. Yeah. So I feel like you have to either fight to stay or fight to leave. And I think that's why that paper is necessary because it takes away control. It gives equal control to two people versus one person just deciding to Now, we talked about this on one of the other conversations. If you want to check that out, you can go to our YouTube page. But um, we're uh, saying is marriage more than a piece of paper part two. We dealt with it in two segments. But we talked about the formality of marriage. And that's what I think you, you're hinting on the yeah. most because people get caught up in the formality of it and they try to say, well, we don't need the formality, which is the legal document, because you don't need that to be married to somebody. And what she's making reference to is it's a it's bigger than you just signing it and you putting it in uh, the glove box or in a drawer or on the file cabinet. It actually binds you when you don't want to be bound. Right. You know, because when she, you watch a lot of divorce court and you talk about it. Yeah. You know, a lot of time people go on divorce court. They don't always go in there to get divorced. No. They go in there to see if they won't need to stay together. Or get married. Or, yeah. or, or get married. So it, it makes people face the situation. Yes. Face themselves and face their partner. Yes. Which is needed when you want to. Yes. Flee. Yes. When th- things get hard. Yeah, it gives. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Makes and, sense. and when you fight to stay or fight to leave, either way it go, a battle must occur. And I think that's necessary too. Um, I think, and you know, a battle is a sustained fight uh, to achieve something or resist something. So you're either going to fight to stay or fight to leave, but you have to have that fight. I think the fight is necessary. And Facts. I'm going to touch on that too. And because it, it, it brings out the conflict. And, you know, people don't like conflict, but conflict is necessary. You hear me, going to hear me talk about that for the rest of my life. I believe that a relationship that does not endure conflict is superficial. If you never argue, never has a disagreement, no, I'm not talking about like fighting argument. I mean, you're going to disagree with each other and that's right. okay. You're going to have conflict. If, if you never disagree, then it's pretty superficial because nobody likes the same thing or going to always agree on everything. Right. And um, I forgot which book that was in. That's Iron Shopping's Iron. I think that is. Okay. Boom. At least good, I got that good, book good right now. Good leadership book, by the way. Yeah. I read it so, twice. Um, so the reason why I gave all that precursor is because um, our marriage, when, when Jonathan did what he did, I had that legal binding document that that gave me the position to either fight to stay or fight to leave. Initially, I was done. It was like, I'm just gonna leave. He was going to fight for me to stay, but I was not going to fight for that. And um, it was just a process, you know, you're you're hurt, you just, you know, you don't trust at this point and you don't know what you, you know what you wanna do because you're hurt, but then you don't know what you wanna do because there's other, things to to consider so i'm not gonna ramble on about that anymore i'm gonna go to my to the to the juicy part the heart of it okay so he cheated then what um immediately finding out well i asked because a situation had occurred and he was honest and he told me such and i just spazzed out as any normal what you should. Any normal person would have done. And then I immediately left the premises because it was that bad. And in my processing, I immediately thought about myself, meaning right. how could he do this to me? You know, a lot of me's, a lot of me, 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 me. I'm hurt. I'm this. Can't believe he did this to me again. Boom, boom, boom. I took that immediately to a friend, same night, 
and I literally have to go to work the next day and I carry that to work and I was just I just dealt with it that way I came back home saw the kids as normal but we just wasn't there and it was like that for a few weeks Jonathan was still going through his phase of finding out what he wanted initially. It was not a just, he cheat, I forgave, we made up, kumbaya, bam. That's not how it happened. You know, we really had to work out a situation here. So it took about a good two, three weeks for Jonathan to really figure out what he wanted in the process. After I came to the fact of, oh, he did this to me, I had to come to a point to where is what do I want and what's at stake? And I think in any conflict, in any relationship, you have to ask yourself what's at stake. Because if you don't have a clear view of what you're losing versus what you're gaining, a lot of people end up backtracking because they Facts. move at haste. You know what I'm saying? Um, Another thing that I try to practice is trying not to make emotional decisions. Try not to let my emotions take me to places that I don't want to go. Because literally me with my anger, I want to blow some stuff up. And she has the ability to. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I'm like, okay, let's try to compose this. So Jonathan's going through his little thing and I'm going through my little thing. And in me, which the reason why I'm thankful for this process ever happened is because I realized I lost who evil was in him. And what I mean by that was, is that I knew everything about him, but I realized I wasn't even paying myself, you know, that much attention. So I had to deal with that. So fast forward. Okay. Jonathan stole in his, what he call it, hypnosis stage. I don't make up my mind that I'm done. Like, Boom, it's nothing to fight for here. So what's at stake was me breaking up the family, which in my mind, hmm, I was prepared for that since day one. I always told him (laughs) since day one, (laughs) if anything happened between us, you keep the kids. I go about my career, make my moves, boom, bam, we done. So to me, we just executing the plan that I always had on standby. That was always my plan B, no matter what. He knew it. The kids even knew it. That's how much the plan B was. You know, exactly. So I'm just that I am just moving on or whatever. Okay. So Jonathan, and this is where things shifted. Sorry for boring you guys. So things shifted probably three months later. Mind you, we're living together. We're sleeping in the same bed. We're not, we're having heated arguments back and forth. Like it was crazy. We would have a heated argument, bam, boom. But then he got to go cook. Or we got to go do something with the kids, the kids in school or whatever. We even got to the point where we sat our kids down and we told them that we were getting a divorce. It's just, yeah. was that? And the oldest, kids were like upset. My daughter hit, hit her hard. Hit her hard. Yeah. She ended up telling the, her class at school why she couldn't function. Yeah. They write in her cards yeah. and letters. It just, it, when I said we were done, we were done. done. Yeah. And at this point, when we were done point, it wasn't we were done, Eva was done. Because it takes two people that mutually agree to want each other to make a marriage Good work. Time, babe. Yes, right. But I wasn't there. Jonathan had on come out whatever world he was living in, and I still wasn't having it. So here, at that moment, when Jonathan sat at the edge of the bed, in sorrow, in grief. I remember this one. It was the moment that I needed. And the reason why I needed this moment, because there are four steps to reconciliation. And it wasn't until about five, six months later 
No, it wasn't that long. Maybe four months later. Mm-hmm. Right before our anniversary, because this all went down like February, and this happened like June, July. June, because it was before our wedding anniversary. Yeah. I had to put into practice things that I taught other marriages, other Ooh. people, when they went through this in their marriage. Now, I was faced to live out this truth that I said I believed by and I valued. So there's four steps to reconciliation. And the first step is, well, first, we just got to talk about the word restore. Mm-hmm. Because Tajir asked the question, how do you build trust? You can't build trust without restoration. Just can't happen. But the thing is, restoration and restoring, is, is it, it, takes a, it takes a special person to deny self to do it. Right. And a lot of us ain't going to deny ourselves. And that's why it was intentional to say when it first happened, it was all about me and my feelings. I didn't even care why Jonathan went through what he was doing because he shouldn't have did it. And that was just that. So restore means to bring back. But not only to bring back, you know, but to the previous right, you know, um, practice or custom or situation to reinstate. So in order for us to restore our relationship, I had to come to an agreement in my mind to bring it back to that healthy place, which was before this happened. And a lot of us can't do that. We can't or we decide we don't want to do that because it requires a self-denial that we ain't ready to give up because you done break down that wall. Now I got to build this thing back up again and I don't want to. But if you're looking to truly rebuild trust, you have to restore it. But people don't want to restore it. Because it requires you to crucify self to do so. Good point, babe. And and I hinted on that for a reason. So this is my process. Contrition. We like talking about in church having a broken and contrite heart. (laughs) We like saying that. Yeah. Right. You got to come to the Lord with a broken and contrite heart. And and so, you know, you have you have this contrite, meaning, you know, the state of feeling remorseful, you know, the state of being broken and you understand your guilt. When Jonathan sat on the bed weeping and he wasn't weeping that he cheated, he was weeping because he was facing himself and that was something different. So my ears kind of rang. I was like, this is a different cry. And he's not talking about cheating. He's talking about himself. Okay, boom. I can work with this. Okay, so I'm talking to him. So step one is contrition. If the person does not show that they have a broken and contrite heart, and I'm not talking about just crying because they got caught. I'm not talking about, oh, I'm sorry, babe. This shouldn't. This never going to happen again. It takes a brokenness of self. So if that person is, is sorrowful, but they're not sorrowful for who they are, then they're not broken. They're just upset they got caught. Right. And up until that point, I only saw Jonathan not only upset that he got caught, but he just was upset that I was leaving to me. He didn't want me to leave him. And I just, that just wasn't enough for me because I didn't stay and I didn't go back to him because I loved him. Love isn't enough to be married to Eva. I don't know who, (laughs) I don't know other reasons why people stay in relationships, but love isn't, isn't it. Um, You know, I can love people from afar. Right. Believe me, I can. Right. Um, But love isn't enough to stay. Love isn't enough for me to self-sacrifice. It has to be something greater than that, which I'm going to get to. So being that Jonathan was contrite. You know, if ladies, if he cheated and he doesn't have contrition, 
and he isn't exposing a bit of his stuff because something broken you see the inside you know what i'm saying i'm not talking about a little scrabble he scratched the surface he knew who he is a little bit no you got to see all of him and jonathan was broken to the point where he saw that right you know he was able to say some other things about himself that I was like, ooh, this is this is serious. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then that's when I realized in him being brokenness that his cheating had nothing to do with me. And that was hard for me to digest because I'm like, look, it's Eva. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Sex was going great. Was. Um, the dynamics of our house was doing great. Our finances was going on the up and up. We had, we had... I, I don't know. It was like, it had nothing to do with me. And that's when I realized that, oh, it really had nothing to do with me. So, one, if he's contrite, you know. Number two, it took confession. And it wasn't just, like I said, it wasn't just a confession that I did something wrong. You know, it it was more of, you know, of who he really was that he confessed to. Eva, I am really jacked up and i really struggle with this and i was like yeah i know you struggle with that but he was like no eva i only told you the surface of how much i was struggling in this area i'm willing to go ahead to tell you everything that i'm struggling about this area and i'm like i slept next to this man every night for the last umpteen years and i never knew he struggled with that like i knew he struggled with that but not to the extent so when he began confessing to me that things that he never shared before things that he was embarrassed to confess things that he thought i was gonna he was willing to risk me seeing him differently in his confession i knew i was dealing with something else and i say this to say if he cheated and he first displays those two things I think that there's something more there that you should stick around to see. But if he doesn't, and that's one of your deal breakers, I would encourage you to kick rocks. Right. Okay. You got, so, you got, you, you making me put the Will Smith face on. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. So again, let's take mine. So now, um, okay. So now we're at the process when Jonathan started, conf- and this was days of confession, like, we had different intervals of conversations yeah. of of him when it come to mind and he felt like it or we were in a nice pocket to have those conversations. And then he started revealing to me his fears. And then he started revealing to me things that I have said that I didn't even know this guy had post-traumatic stress over. Yeah. I didn't know every time I would laugh and joke, even though I was serious, that, you know, if we leave, if we divorce, I'm gonna leave you. I didn't know that was really damaging him. I didn't know how sensitive he were to the things that I was saying. I didn't. I just didn't know. And he was telling me his fears. He was telling me his fears about the things that I was doing and me and all my ambition and leaving him. He started, you know, I don't want to put all everything you said out there, but he was just revealing his whole self to me. Right. And I was like, yes, this affair was bigger than me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, boom. So, then we had to get to the third stage of reconciliation, and that was satisfaction. So, in the stage of satisfaction, in order to reconcile with somebody to build trust, right? It is a fulfillment of one's wishes, expectations, needs, and pleasure. We had to create that. So, he was contrite. He had a broken heart, literally. You know, he confessed who he was. And that he was on a journey to self-discovery. And now we had to get to the third level of reconciliation, which is how to build trust, which was him 
which was us coming to satisfaction. And satisfaction was us finding out what we needed to be fulfilled to move on. Jonathan started giving the things that he needed that I did not know he needed. Uh Right. And then because I was at a new level, because this took a lot out of me, I had different requirements that I had to give. So we Mm -hmm. had to put it out there what was needed. Jonathan said what kind of wife he needed. He told me that he needed to feel safe. And my words was not making him feel safe. He told me the boundaries that he needed to set. He told me the things that I would have to be able to digest to be with him. Babe, I'm going to have to be able to tell you when I'm struggling. And I need you to be able to handle that and not judge me when I tell you. Okay, babe, I'm going to be I'm going to have to be able to do X, Y and Z and then we can set up these boundaries, such and such and such. Babe, if I go A, B, C or D, I am never going to put myself in that predicament alone. And I need you to understand, you know, we started putting up and discussing the 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 I don't want to say barriers, but the boundaries boundaries, that we needed so he can be whole and I can be whole. And we laid all that on the table. And then the fourth step of, oh, before I get, before I get that. So we had to get back on satisfaction to that mutual level of understanding. And I think the satisfaction part is the part that we still feast off of today. Right. Is that we're still building safe spots within our marriage safe spaces, and yeah. I think that's something that we have to continue to go to because we're on a journey as individuals and I'm finding out new things about me and he's finding <laughs> out new things about him and we're exposing ourselves to new information and we're learning different techniques and tactics and I'm reading up things and like okay baby we're gonna try this too and we're keeping each other satisfied because I can be all of me and I can tell him all the weirdest the the crazy things that I do and he'd be like, You really do that? <laughs> I'd be like, Yeah, I really think about this. Right. And he can be as vulnerable with me. And because we have that safe space, it works. And then the last um step of reconciliation is absolution. And this is the hard the other hard part. It's the release from guilt. You know, right. and obligation or punishment. Ooh, that's 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 a hard one. And and I thought it was going to be so hard. Looking at day one of this journey of this step that we went through, I just couldn't see that point for us. It's like, eh. but when we went through him being contrite and showing contrition, and then we went to the confession, it the road got a little clearer. And I could see that, oh, yeah, this can work. And that's why I said it's important for you to analyze what's at stake, which I'm going to get back there in one second. So in the absolution phase, I had to release him from the guilt. And he had to release himself from the guilt, too. But it's still a process, too. It's not like, oh, it's just he's released, you know. But what happened was for me, I had to, you know, allow him before I knew what he was going to do. To go back to that same position in my heart that he was before. And he told me, he was like, I know I'm not where I was with you. But he said, I promise I'm going to work hard to get back there. Yeah. And I said, okay. He said, I can see it. He said, I know I'm not there yet. Mm-mm. He said, I can see it in your eyes. 
But he said, I promise you, I'm going to get back here. And then I made it in my heart. I said, I'm going to let you. Meaning that I was going to put the guards down and that any inch that I could give him, I was willing to give him. So this is how it was. Say I call Jonathan. Jonathan doesn't answer the phone. Jonathan will call right back. Babe, I'm on the phone with such and such or send a text message. Or Jonathan's out. And babe, I'm letting you know I'm not, I'm running this place and that place. I'm running a little late. So Jonathan was feeling as though because he was where he wasn't supposed to be. That he was volunteering every step, every move, every missed call. He had an alibi. Because <laughs> he didn't want me to ever think. He didn't want me to ever think that he was doing something else. So by him doing that, it allows me to be a little easy. Okay, boom. I, I was able to build trust that way. So getting back on to absolution. I had to put him back to where he was even before he proved it to me. And that's where the word trust comes in at. So we use trust as if it's just one meaning, right? But trust is a noun and a verb. It's an idea and it's an action. So I had to be willing to even believe Jonathan was trustworthy again for me to be able to trust him as a verb. I hope you guys were able to digest that one. Can you so, say that again? I had to believe uh-huh. right, that you were trustworthy right. before I could actually trust you in action. Right. And that's what people ain't willing to do. That's a right? bar, honey. So, that's a bar. Because the noun version of trust is a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, ability, or strength in someone or something. So I had to first believe he was trustworthy before I could see that he was trustworthy. And we have to get there. So I had to put him back at the seat of my heart in which he was. I can trust that Jonathan can get there. So I'm going to sit him here. And I'm going to see what he does with, does with it so I can build trust again. And that's how we reconciled. Exactly. It was a process of months. And we had to practice with one another. Um, I think if we didn't handle those steps, and I, if I didn't have the practice, if I didn't read the marriage materials throughout the years, and if I didn't seek to really understand the process of really reconciliation, I wouldn't have made it. And I believe a lot of couples that actually could make it through infidelity or could make it through other types of offenses in relationships, they don't necessarily have the tools or or the practical understanding of how to apply certain steps. And I think that's why Jonathan and I are passionate about coaching because there are tools and techniques that you can use. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I don't, I don't think that everyone do their research and people, some people are not researchers and sometimes they're not their gift, you know, and just like, you know, people or, or need assistance. Or they just be set, or they just may be settled on, one perspective right and we hope that sharing our experience can add or broaden your perspective because there are multiple ways to look at a situation yeah and that's why we wanted to use our marriage and our platform to be able to give back yeah and i feel like and if i because you gotta understand how i got here i got here from hearing people's situation and giving them book knowledge of what i understood of what to do right and I had to confront myself 
with the teaching that I gave and watch other people's relationship flourish because they were following the book <laughs> with a little dash of even Jonathan to, to make it practical, to make yeah, it relatable. Yeah. And we saw, we saw a few couples in the church come back from after infidelity. Yeah. You know, we, we, we saw it relived. So that's why in me, when we first got married, oh yeah, that was a deal breaker, you know, or after that first incident, after we've been married for like six months or whatever, or what a year or whatever that uh, it happened again as a deal breaker. But as I learned how to handle it, it was different. And like I said, me and Jonathan would not be together if he unknowingly did not bring the steps to help me remember that the marriage was worth saving right because it was not i don't encourage anybody to try to save a marriage where one you can't mutually agree that you will fight for each other and that the person doesn't offer reconciliation in the form of being having a broken and contrite heart whoever the offender is um confessing not to the incident but to who they really are being able to come to the agreements in the form of satisfaction with each person need to be satisfied with one another and absolution the power to be able to release that person back to the state and another reason why is because i have my grievances in the relationship too i may not have uh physically sexually cheated on jonathan but i did emotionally because i was done with him um, I did find comfort in conversations. I wanted to feel beautiful and I wanted sweet words said to me and believe it or not, you know, people wanted me with five kids. <laughs> you were <know? laughs> catch honey. That's why. You know, and, um, <laughs> and, um, I was like, wow, he wants me, you know, <laughs> Jonathan ain't my only option. You know what I'm saying? So it was like. You know, there could be life outside of this. You know right. what I'm saying? So that was also intriguing to understand that I had the power to choose. Like, I don't need you. You know what I'm saying? To have that, <laughs> to be able to have that attitude. Like, I'm wanted, I'm desirable. You know, I'm beautiful. Right. You know, I'm just, I'm Eva. I'm somebody else besides just your wife. And right. and I, I felt as though you didn't see me for all that I was. You know, I didn't want you to see me as if I was somebody you could walk over or you could just do what you want to do to me and there's no consequence. I didn't want you to feel like you was, I was obligated to stay with you because I had your children. You know, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that. Like, right. like I am me. And that's why I said that I lost myself because I got comfortable. Like, you know, I didn't care what I looked like. I didn't care about, you know, my, I didn't, I just didn't do enough for Eva because I was comfortable. But then this made me realize, shoot, the same way how I can get up and leave anytime I want to. And I was, I was all tough being able to give those threats, but Jonathan proved that he can do whatever he want to. So I can't be comfortable either. And so, yeah. So just going back to where we are, you know, Tajir asked a question, learning how to trust after being in an untrustworthy relationship. The only way to trust after being in an untrustworthy place is the power of reconciliation. The sad reality is everything ain't worth reconciling. And you have to count the cost, see what's at stake with that person. Because I can't say that everybody is worth reconciling, which I can't do that. It's too many nuances, caveats, character flaws, you know, 
the things. I'm just telling you that if it's the right person with the right values that failed and realized that their failure was self and that there was an internal problem and they're willing to work on that internal problem that you have something to deal with. I mean, you have something to consider there. If that person is just not working on self, then I think you should exit Steve left sis or brother, you know? Right. And, um, so that's why I stayed. And I feel as though, because people don't see the intimate parts of my husband, um, those people at that time were advising me to leave him. But once he showed me that he was broken, I became his friend before his wife. And what I mean by that was I saw him. I had to put down my expectations of what he could give me from a husband's perspective and see him broken. Let me help you patch this up. What right. can, how can I, how can I help you? Jonathan didn't want to see a counselor because he felt like he was going to be misunderstood. So I had to, in my little way, I had to be a part of the situation because I was hurt, but I had to see the, see his process separate from me. Right. So I couldn't be like what I needed for him as a husband. He couldn't give it to him. He was broken. Right. It was like Jonathan getting his hand cuts off, but I still want him to be able to cook in the kitchen. He couldn't, he couldn't do it. He was broken. And so me seeing him as a broken person that I would just help because I like to help people in general. That's how I had to see. And when he was ready to, you know, sh- show that he was ready to handle. And that's when he looked me in my face. He was like, uh, I'm going to get my seat back. And I'm like, okay, that's my fighter husband right there. It's like, you know, but I had to nourish him because he was really hurt about himself. It was really hard for him to digest who he was. And it's still hard for you to digest who he was. So even though I was able to forgive yeah. him and move past into me, it's, you know, I talk about it to help other people or to let people know that there's hope on the other side of it. But that um, absolution part, the part of release from guilt, is something he still deals with. Yeah, to this day. Yeah, and that's just a process that you have to go through with forgiving yourself. Yes. But it helps you to be at this state because because you offended me. Me releasing you was what you really needed. Needed. And it put the onus on me. Yeah. To really continue to do the work and heal and uh, continue on the path and the road of self-discovery. You done? I, I just want one more other point. No, go ahead. Go and ahead. And then I'm done. No, 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 no. No, I, I said that for oh. a reason. So I couldn't do this, like I said before, without putting myself aside. And I know that's weird for some people to say, but I had to get out of the way of our marriage to save it. And the only way I could say that is, um, you know how we say, oh, like the whole Black Lives Matter thing. All lives matter, but right now Black Lives is hurting. You know what I'm saying? I'm in our marriage. Both of us matter, but at the moment, Jonathan was hurting. Right. So even though I was hurt, I'm not dismissing that, y'all. I was I was hurt. She was hurt. Like yes. like hurt, 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 Ugh. hurt, hurt. My children know I was hurt. My, my everybody that was around me knew I was hurt. You could have been a stranger in the store, and you know I was hurt, <laughs> hurt because yeah. I was hurt. Like literally, I'm not saying that it was pain free. But I, but it was something worth enduring for me. And I don't think everybody 
should be obliged to that right. if it's not worth it for them. That makes sense. So you have to determine what's at stake. You have to determine your tolerance level. And I'm just here to say that if it's with the right person, there can be reconciliation. And it's a process. Absolutely. To trust again. But I tell you this, the trust now is even better than it was before. Yeah. Because now I'm not trusting what I perceive him to be. I'm trusting him and all his jacked upness. And he's not trusting what he perceived of me. He even learned things about me in that process that was valuable for you to learn. And I don't even think you would we would have got there if that didn't shake things up. So that's why conflict um, in, in relationships could be healthy. You just have to go through. It was a sickness in our marriage that surfaced and we had to deal with it. Right. And even if you're not married, you know, sometimes people feel as though conflict means that we have to cut ties or whatever. If the person is worth it and the person is contrite and the person is willing to deal with self, then is is you know, you can go somewhere because I could have let him start over with somebody else and have to go do this from scratch and All build that again. person. Up. Yeah, I ain't got, uh, exactly. It wasn't to that point where I needed to do that because I don't know. I don't know if I feel like all that, exactly. but, um, but that's just me. For some people, it's necessary for you to do it, but I think that's it for me. I'm not, I'm out of the loop on the comments. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Uh -oh. If you keep, keep pushing. But I'm done. You I, sure? I'm done. Okay. Um, you sure? Yeah, but you can go ahead. Because he did not know what I was going to say, y'all. No, had... no, no. But that's why I was asking if you were done. Because <laughs> the kudos and the props are just about to overflow right now. Y'all see why I said that it, that she when she goes, she goes. Like, babe, you did absolutely incredible. I did. I was Absolutely so amazing. You were in pocket the entire time. The just how you flow when you just let free. I understand you like to be prepared, but when when you just speak from the heart, it is absolutely incredible. I'm sitting here in awe. Really? I'm holding back tears. <laughs> all the above. Like it's just it's amazing. It absolutely Thank you, you did absolutely amazing, babe. And she come I we can't hear y'all clap, but clap it up for her. <laughs> so crazy. She did amazing, man. Um but I mean, I'm, if you you got some more, you can keep going. No, this, I told you I'm, this is about you. I'm done. You done? Like I'm done. Okay. Well, I I absolutely Rajon <laughs> say applause button. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I, I absolutely love the advice, and I feel like uh, it was needed. It was important. It's necessary. If you guys haven't noticed, we actually made this into an infidelity series series, and um. You know, it just so happened that we. Oh, they used, clapping! Yeah, they, everybody clapping, <laughs> oh, big ups, because you did amazing. Thank y'all. Um, you know, I was so nervous. We did. We did not know that you know the Will and Jada thing was going to resurface, uh, and you know that's what we were going to base the series and you know and relate that too. But you know, such a time as this is this. This was the the best time. I knew I needed to talk about it. Can't hear was not revealed. I keep saying that. Elliot gave me big ups for being in the hot seat. 
And uh, he said, "Woo, child, big up." <laughs> I was like, "Brother, this this is a part. This is a part of my my healing. This is a part of you know the process of of self discovery. Me owning my truth. You you live your truth so no one can use it against you. Right. You know, a lot a lot of the, a couple of the brothers I told that I was actually going to do this while I was building myself up to actually do it. It was like, man, I wouldn't do that. You sure you won't do that? I was like, yeah, I have to do it. That's my personality. I don't run away." From situations, I face them head on. I I I I have to conquer them. That's mm-hmm. how I'm built. So, me sitting here in the in in the process, letting y'all know and everybody else that knows from when y'all share this video is important and pivotal for my healing. So, I just appreciate your transparency. I appreciate you opening up. You're you, welcome. uh, you know, dropping your jewels. You know, covering the bases. Um. Sticking with me, you know, working it out. I gave you a, a promise that you would not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I will make sure that that is what I do because I am a man of my word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just now that I, I feel more secure in telling you that, you know, versus me looking at you in from 19 years old and saying my vows. Right. Because I, I've learned more of myself. So I feel more validated and me saying, babe, I'm going to fight and I'm going to try to make this thing work and make you uh, secure again and find that peace in your heart that I took myself from. Yeah. So I appreciate that. You're babe. welcome. Mm. You're welcome. Um, so we have a we're, we're, we're done, but we have a whole lot of comments. If y'all wouldn't mind sticking with us, we can go through some of these comments and uh, answer, you know, some of y'all questions. Um, dang, when I left out. What happened? I'm I'm so behind. Go all the way up to the top because I think when I left out, I I missed a lot. Um, I'm gonna start here. You did this one. Rajan said, "Marriage is marriage." Mm-hmm. Jamila said, "Forgiveness is very hard when a child is conceived from the cheating." Yeah, it is. Um, it really is. Um, I think we watched. I can think of three, two off, two off hand that did that. Yeah. That um, for some people it was a process, um, but it's a, all a part of. Uh, if I can be honest, sis, um, it takes a a, a really it takes a lot of strength of self denial, because that child. Is a mm, that child is really innocent to the case, and maybe you above the mic. No, I can't. I can't even hear you. Sorry. Go ahead. And it takes a level of self denial to put self aside sometimes, and even for me, I told him it was a deal breaker. Like, yeah. And but then I had to realize that, you know, again, I would have to evaluate. What's at stake, you know, and it's just really hard for a lot of people. And I have seen a few people leave because of it. Right. I think the most most important thing that you said, you people have to count the cost and do what's best for, for them. them. Yeah. You know, we want to be an inspiration to everybody, but we're not saying that our mold fits everybody. Right. You know, we just want to be an inspiration. I told her because she was like, you sure you want to have this conversation? What if this, 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 this? And I said, babe, we never based our podcast and our conversations uh, to meet 
everybody. Right. We're, we're speaking to the specific people that can eat from what we're putting on the table. Yes. And if you're not wanting what's on the table, please get up and leave. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, but not everything is for everybody. Yeah, and not. we are to the point to where we understand that. Yeah. We don't judge anybody because they mm -hmm. choose and make no the decisions judgment. what's best for them. But we know that there is a subsect of people that our message is for. And if it's for you, take it and let it help you yes so. and, and there are people that felt the same way as you and endure it and it made it work so it's again it's your threshold of which you're willing to tolerate and if that person is worth it right um but that is hard you irritating me with the microphone <laughs> so elliot he said eve is right i've been in situations just living together women put more effort in their you. marriage possibly less talk talk back and they probably ain't gonna just pack i guess pack and leave well with the and he said well if the paper is involved the like the paper makes you work at something that you don't necessarily want to deal with it's right. gonna either make you work to keep it or work to get out of it but there's a work and i have seen time and time again with couples that be together for a long time and they don't really know where they stand at because they had that they didn't have the piece of paper to anchor them to really deal with the situation and it's hard. And then they go do these on and offs, on and offs, on and offs. Because the person ain't really revealing what's really going on or how they feel. They're, they're not contrite, whoever the offender is. They're not really having real confessions of self-change. They're not coming to the meeting table and talking about what the, what's that level of satisfaction need to be achieved. So therefore, there's no absolution. There's no release. So the paper makes you... Fight to stay or fight to leave. And right. I think that is necessary for you to get the rawness out of Because sometimes, because sometimes the piece of, paper, piece, of pa piece of paper and the idea of divorce scare people straight. Yeah. You know, hence, you know, it's like, <laughs> because it's like, oh, this is for real. I'm about yeah. to lose X, Y, and Z. It makes you count what's at stake. It makes you suffer a loss for your grievance. It makes you deal with it. If you get out of this, you're going to have to deal with this. You know, if you fight for me, then you're going to have to deal with the side of me. Right. So it may, it brings you to a drawing point. Um, uh, you a Marquis say, right, love isn't enough. Love ain't enough of me, sis. No, it's not. I... I dealt with that because at first I felt some type of way because I was like, oh, maybe I don't love him enough. Like, I might don't love you like I thought that I love you. But right. then I realized how I love. And I know the way I love, love different. I don't, I care about the touchy-feely, little feelings kind of love, but I love through security. Yeah, um, absolutely. I call that the fifth love language. I really do if if the I don't six love language, the six love language, sorry, <laughs> the six love language, I, I have to feel secure. I have to feel safe. And if you can't give that to me, then all my feelings, fuzzy stuff. I like that. I that, can, that, down. that can go out the door. Um, Frank, I said something too. I wanted to address where, uh, Demetrius said, I am loving this and would love to see a couple therapy around these concepts. Uh, yeah, that's what we do. Oh, it says we're working on that again. And I'm going to keep putting a bug in your ear so that you guys can be looking for it because I'm, we are actively working toward materializing 
the the lives that we do in the form of a book and a workbook. Yeah. You know, we're we're working on the in the background. Uh, you know, this is not something that we want to drop on you guys without giving you the tools to be able to materialize it. And I know that our process of us growing in the organization that we was a part of, you know, we did a lot of reading and we did a lot of workbook um, activity yeah, <laughs> to coincide with the reading. So you, you, you can't grow if you're actually not putting the right material or the right information into yourself to make yourself grow. Yeah. So uh, that that is something that's coming down the pike. Y'all hold us accountable. Keep asking about it. Trust me, it's coming. Yeah. Um, Makia says she loved that we are open about marriage and what you both have experienced. Yeah, because I believe in precedence. You know, I believe, same way in the court of law, you know, when a situation come up, that lawyer has to find precedence of court cases to see how the judge, you know, or how the case was tried. And I believe a lot of people aren't sustaining their relationships that really can work. I'm not talking about the relationships that should be dissevered, but because they don't believe that there's precedence. They don't believe that that could be done or they can't believe that they can do it. And I think that's the importance of having a coach, somebody to you know, keep you going, somebody to give you the tools. You know, uh, when I talk to people that's going through relationship problems and I give them the tools that I've read, like the example how I was just breaking down the four steps of reconciliation and that's how I found out that my marriage was worth saving, people don't know about it. They don't have the tools. They're not skillful in that area. So coaching them like, hey, this is how you do it. This is is part that's going to be painful. It's kind of like birthing the baby. If you had a baby natural, it's like this is step one, step two, step three. Yeah, midwife. You know know it's going to be painful. But if you want to get on the other side and experience, you know, uh, the endorphins that can come and carry you along the way it'll make the it'll make the pain a little easier and that's what i meant by after we got through him being broken and contrite and after he confessed i started to see the end of the tunnel because at first when i was dealing with the pain in the beginning i couldn't see or feel you know the glory at the end but it was a process and i think if people had the tools i think more people would be more successful and that's just my theory. Well, and and shameless plug, that's why we offer, you know, our services. If you are interested in coaching, um, that is something that we do offer. So, uh, you know, because we understand the importance and we also understand the principle of how, you know, we're all here in this earth to fulfill a purpose. And uh, we just believe that some people are built to go through certain things, not to just learn it and keep it to themselves, but to learn and to give back what they've learned to the world. So uh, with that being said, we we do offer our services of of coaching. If that's something that you're interested in, you can hit us up, go to uh, the Life, Love, Legacy podcast uh, Facebook page, or you can even uh, message us personally. We can definitely uh, schedule uh, something around your schedule and ours. Because we're here to help, we're here to give back. So yeah. Any other comments that you wanted to hit? Well, that's a lot. Um, I was just trying to. Well, I know you. specifically one that Frank said. Frank said okay. um, that uh, you know the get back. I can't remember exactly how he said it, mm. but um, he was talking about you know actually in a nutshell you actually getting back because of what I did. Uh, He framed it another way. And I was like, brother, I can understand exactly why you say that, because that was one of the things that I wanted you to do. Yeah, he wanted me to get back. Um, I wanted to. Then I just couldn't. 
because it was it was me and I knew that wasn't the right thing to do um just me just just wanting to feel a release I guess I don't yeah. know but I knew that wasn't the right way to do it and I'm glad I didn't because I would have regretted it. And then we I'm glad had you to, didn't too. We had to go through this again on my side, you know, or whatever. But even though I emotionally, you know, had certain conversations and, and, and that, um, that was already enough for us to work through. I'm, and I'm not saying I'm glad she didn't too because I'm speaking from my small male fragile eagle because all i believe men we do have small fragile eagles um i'm saying i'm glad she didn't because i feel like her doing that would have been a distraction from me looking at me yeah because now i have an excuse to say oh yeah she did it yeah and now i'm looking at her her not going out and doing what i wanted her to do because in midst of my pain and my disappointment i just wanted her to do it so i would know how it feels you know, her not doing that actually continue to force me to look inside so I can give reason to why I did it. It, it kept it kept That's me in front point, of the babe. mirror. That's right. It her at her lack of actions of not doing what I did to her, uh, her lack of her not doing it made me stay there and force ex- or face exactly who I was. And I didn't have an excuse to leave from discovering uh, myself. And I thank you for not doing that. Not because, you know, as a man, I don't want nobody else in my wife. No, because you helped me in the journey of self-discovery. That's a good point, honey. Um, so I I really do appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm still, do, I'm still journeying. Isaiah, I mean, Isaac said, Jonathan, y'all awesome man. I need to hear this so bad. Only if my ex-wife... Oh, I didn't even finish it. Yeah, I appreciate I you sharing that, brother. I have heard so many people that wished that they had the right counseling sooner. And that's why, and or, I, and and I, you know, it's go ahead. Me, 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 and him. You know, we work together, and uh, you know, we we were were brothers in Christ. And I'm saying word because you know I didn't really talk about that with him, but you know, we we no longer are in uh, formulated religion anymore for our own personal beliefs. But, you know, I still respect you being, you know, in that and everybody has their path. And by all means, if that is what you continue to choose, by all means, be great in that. But we don't feel like you have to directly believe to the core what we believe as far as faith, religion and God and all the other stuff. We can help any and everybody. Now, we still do believe in God. And we've said this before. And we still we still believe in, in, in Christian, biblical, Christian, biblical principles. Christian biblical principles. This um, was one of them. But yeah, this is one of them. But at the same time, because of our experience, we've learned how to apply them yeah. practically. Uh, a lot of times in, in, in organized religion, it, it you know, you follow tradition and it takes the practicality and the application away from it. Um, and so with that being said, uh, back to my wife's point, uh, you know, a lot of people wish that they had the tools specifically like this to be able to work through situations like this because just because you're in church and sitting on the pew don't mean that you don't go through things like this or you went to counseling with or the you pastor. D- went to counseling in the past and people equate that as being enough but i know a lot of people that go to counseling with a pastor and come out the same way of not even worse i know a lot of people that went to counseling with our pastor and came to met with us afterwards and afterwards and it's not it's not a kudos and not it's to not. put trophies on our neck it's just that you know again people get caught up in the rhetoric of 
of doing religion and playing Christian, right? And they don't know how to practically apply some of the texts and some of the principles and how to teach it. You know, it falls into the mundane principles of of praying and being cliche. Because Jonathan fasted a lot for that lust. I did fast a whole lot. He prayed a lot. Brothers laid hands on him a lot. A lot. You know, he preached about it. A lot. You know, and none of those formalities was able to help deal with self. And sometimes we cast too much care upon the Lord that we don't deal with self. But we're going to save that for we'll our other that series. We'll save that We have another series <laughs> yes. about that. But uh, to uh, just to validate your point, well, I, I, I appreciate the transparency. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder how many more, even if you are watching our live right now, are sitting on a church pew or in religion. You believe it. And, you know, you believe God. You believe, you know, what you stand for. But you're suffering in silence. Yeah. Like how we were, like how I was. We ain't taking you out of it. Now. Well, I'm not. We're not trying to take you out of it, but we're trying to offer an alternative. Uh, uh, a, a not an alternative. No, not a alternative. Practical way of okay. dealing with it. Okay. Without the cliches. There we go. The practicality of how to do it. Thank you. I appreciate it because it's not like we're trying to take. No. 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 Well, that's, that's not, not my job. That's not our job. Believe what you believe, and if you if what you're doing is not working. Here we are. Yes. That's all we're saying. Um, Mike said, it's starting over, the starting all over phase is draining. No. Draining? Yes. It but, is very draining. But any sick person that needs re- rehabilitation drains the caregiver. And right. we just have to understand as caregivers and keepers of our spouse or significant others that there are draining moments that we have to be prepared for. And that's why we all need to have our own support systems and people in our corner that loves us and love that person that we're with too so that they can be a shoulder to fall on when you're drained. But that's the art of caregiving. It is literally giving care at all expenses. And again, count the cost of it. But it is draining. It's right. draining to labor. You know, in labor, you hear people being labor 23 hours. Like, how, how is this? Like, <laughs> it's draining. But it's like, it's labor intensive. And that's just what it is. Right. And some people don't have endurance. Some people got to build endurance. But, you know, I'm pretty sure in battle, you know, warriors get tired. And they have to, you know, sit behind but, a mound or but, take cover. But the, but the mission is always to fight the priority. Yeah. Mission ready. Yeah. You know, and you have to look at love and marriage like a battle. Yes, it is. You know, battle. you're going to have many uh, wounds. You're going to have many fights, but you always have to be mission ready and Just be ready to fight to win yeah. the war. So, yeah. Rajan said, these are facts. It's important that she's secure of herself outside of you. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Megan, it's easy to say leave. Tajay said, yeah. nope, they weren't working on self. Best thing I did was leave. And I agree. A hundred percent tie my Big tie. facts. Because tie my tie. <laughs> at the end of the day, you have to be able to work on self. But sometimes people don't want to deal with self because mm-hmm. they don't like who they are when they see themselves. So... Yeah. 
that's a whole so, nother topic. Uh, let her let her keep going. Yes. She's talking real good right now. I love this. Keep yeah. going. She in her bag. Yes, she been in her bag. I'm not even there yet. Who that is? That was Rajon saying that. Oh, he said after uh, Marquia. Marquia said, "Let her keep going." Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's where you at. Yeah, yeah. She so, was in her bag, y'all. Tasha said, "When she's in go mode, oh, she flows." I don't know why I'd be so afraid. That's just me. He said, "I've been it been that way." At y'all table before. <laughs> Big facts. Yeah. But, but yeah. Jarrell said, the level of public transparency is more powerful than anyone might know. People always say, keep your business in house. But if you have done the work and overcome those obstacles, these, those messages preach tenfold. Thank I you, brother. I agree a hundred percent. Thank you. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. That's, that's the mission of this podcast. Something in the working. And we all we always knew ever since teenagers that this life was bigger than us. We just didn't know exactly what life would do to validate that belief. I know. That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's <laughs> I'm like, if I knew. That's tough. You know, wouldn't we? But you know, it's a it's a journey and we're still learning from the journey. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and another thing in together. that um absolution phase, right? Is when you release and you return that other you know you return that person to the place or whatever right you both return each other but you still give each other that space to decide and to change their mind and i think a lot of people don't like that part either because if i did all this work you can change your mind tomorrow you know what's What's the the, point yeah what's the point but it's that's another level of trust right you know that trust and i think that's important but I, I think, think that's it. it. Cause we got <laughs> to our children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to get to our children. I still got to fry some pork chops. I know. We didn't eat dinner yet. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for your kind words, thank for y'all. being with us throughout this podcast. Thank y'all for sticking uh, Yeah, for sticking with us, yeah. for hearing about our experiences and um, just just all the love that we get, yeah. you know, just all the time, rather than our inbox, people we see in the street yeah. and just all of that. And um. We appreciate I, we it. We appreciate it. Um, you know, continue to uh, tune in Sundays at eight. Uh, you know, time maybe maybe sh- switching based on what Mercedes wants to do with me. Yeah, his schedule. My schedule. Um, but we will let you guys know in advance so you guys can actually be in there with the live. Uh, please again show support. Go into our YouTube page, The Love Life Legacy Podcast. Uh, subscribe and uh, hit the bell and share. Yeah. Um, and you know, continue to show support and we appreciate the love, y'all. We sure do. Y'all guys have a great night. So I just said this really helped. Stay I appreciate tuned. it. Love you, niece. You welcome. Love y'all. <laughs> love and peace. And pork chop grease. I'm <laughs> saying chicken grease. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the Love Life Legacy Podcast. Okay. Tell you what, if you guys like what you saw and heard, go ahead and like. And subscribe. And we'll see you guys next time. Peace.